Welcome to HSDF The Podcast, a collection of policy discussions on government technology and homeland security brought to you by the Homeland Security and Defense Forum. Today's program is the second in a two-part series, an amazing and intimate discussion and Q&A session on careers and advancing women in the workforce. Moderated by Beth Capello, Deputy CIO at DHS, with Melissa Conley, Deputy Assistant Administrator at TSA, Pam Leach, the Deputy CISO at USCIS, and Monrovia Jackson, CISA Program Manager at GDIT. This program was recorded in conjunction with the HSDF Policy Symposium Celebrating Women in Homeland Security on March 30th, 2023. Did we have uh, some questions from the audience? Come on, this is a great group of, uh, <laughs> of Homeland Security professionals. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious, since you all are in positions of power, um, if you've ever encountered any prejudice and how did you guys get yourselves in the room and to the table? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, let's go right out the gate with a loaded question. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've got some examples. Oh, I've got some good ones. ones. Yeah. Um, and I'm at the tail end of my career, so I can tell them all. Um, you want to you get started, Melissa? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, yes, there have been times where, yeah, I mean, I've felt like the only person in the room. But, you know, I think as you, you know, forums like this are fantastic. You know, we're finally getting out and we're talking about it. And that's so cathartic, right? Um, I think last year was the first year I got up on a women's panel and it was um, with CBP. Diane Sabatino does this amazing women's event. Um, I just actually spoke at it on Monday. And um, like my takeaway from last year after getting off that women's panel, it's like, God, this felt so good. Like we're all talking about these issues Um, you know, like I don't have to be afraid anymore. I don't have to feel like I'm the only female in the room. Um, and so, you know, um, it takes time. Um, you've got a network here. Um, you've got people supporting you. And so grab your seat at the table, sit in the middle (laughs) and never leave, like never leave the room, um, without having said what you wanted to say. I'll offer this piece of advice. Um, uh, as mentioned, my, I started my career as a United States Marine, which in and of itself says not a lot of women. Um, but I will tell you, it, it, what was different for me is in the Marine Corps, um, as long as I showed up and did what everybody else was doing, um, I didn't get a lot of pushback. There wasn't a lot of challenge. There was a, a lot of, well, you're here. You know. um, when I first left, though, and came into the civilian workforce, What I found was that women who were in leadership positions tended to act like men. I'm making some generalizations here, so not looking to offend anybody, but um, but they got really hard and really aggressive and really direct. And I I, I was already those things to start with. Um, The only thing I would I would say is that um, it's important to be aggressive when necessary. It is important to be direct when necessary. I would caution not to have those be the only tools in your toolbox, because for a long time in my career, those were my tools. And so I had a tendency, um, and even today, still occasionally, um, you know, sort of bulldoze over people because I'm so afraid of not being heard or being ignored or being, you know, 
being acutely aware that you're the only woman in the room. So I have to raise my voice so everybody will hear me. Mm -hmm. Um, I will tell you sometimes whispering is far more effective. So, um, don't lose yourself in the journey and don't, um, I would just say it's, it's not necessary to be one of the guys. I mean, if you're one of the guys, that's great. That's wonderful. You know, I enjoy that space too, but it's not necessary. It's not required. You don't, you can be yourself true to your values. I love what you said about that. Um, just know what your values are, right? And some of the very first leadership things we learn is know yourself, know your strengths, know your, know what you're bringing to the table and get it out there. Um, and don't be afraid of it. Other questions? Okay. Right here. Um, so my question is, you know, I'm fair. I, I recently was federalized kind of, I was in the office for a month before COVID hit and I feel like I've accomplished so much in that time, but you know, networking like this is my first time. I'm like, oh wow, this is awesome. Like we're all here together today. Feels good. Yeah, yes, it feels really, great. really good. So it's like, how can we, I guess, just a general question, continue to network outside of here today, you know, because we a lot of us are at home. You know, you guys are in leadership positions, probably in the office, but just what kind of advice do you guys have to like to do that? You know, I turn my camera on all the time on Teams. <laughs> but outside of that, you know, is there gonna be more opportunities for things like this? Because right now I feel like there's a disconnect, right? You're saying mentor network, but it's like, can we build something to actually do that? Pam, Melissa, Monrovia. So from a mentoring standpoint, like you said, we are, a, a lot of people are remote. Um, you can, from here, networking with different people, you can um, connect with someone and become, a, they could become their mentee. And that way you, go, you can build that relationship like that. If it's not in, in a form like this, um, just to get it started. Um, far as other events you can look at on maybe LinkedIn or other avenues to try to attend more um, women events like this. Yeah, and I would I would add. Um, so we are. I, I work for GEIT, so we're lucky we have these um, employee resource groups, mm -hmm. and we have a group called Women. And I'm gonna say it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's for women. I, she said, she said, and I'm gonna apologize. I don't, but um, I, I think forward. That's what I think of. So, but we have a source um, and a and a group that we naturally use. But this is what I would say if I was even in um, as working from home because we all been working from home. You know, I used to get up. Um, one of my colleagues, I would get up in the morning. I had coffee with him. Right. We'd have it from our homes. And I think that is the way you start developing those relationships. We would get on the phone, talk, um, share war stories for the day. And there was someone not in our division. I think that if you find a connection with someone who's outside of your space, you make that connection and say, hey, let's just have coffee. And if you're having it over teams, it's OK. Um, and so you start building these little communities of people who have like interests. And you'll be surprised how that six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. becomes the thing that makes you have this tentacle of networks that goes deep. Yeah. And so that's the way I would do it. See, you, you do coffee over teams. I, I do wine and wine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> over teams though. And, and it works. Hi, could you talk about a time that you took a chance in your career and failed and what you learned from that? <laughs> to, today or like something? Yeah, I mean, I've thought I've, I've, I've had plenty of failures. Um, so my the the previous job that I got, um, I didn't get it the first time I applied, and um, 
you know, when you're applying for jobs, it's, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, there's a lot of emotion that goes into preparing and, you know, going through the interview process and you, it's like buying a house. It's like, you get attached. Like I'm going to get this job. Um, and you know, I had a lot of people, um, surrounding me that, that wanted me to get the job as well. And so when I didn't get it, you know, you feel horrible. Right. And like the first, your first instinct is to, you know, like burn it all down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing anything anymore. Right. But, um, you know, I I had a good mentor, um, who said, you know what, Melissa, you, you got to stick your nose down. Um, and what I did is I took on a a harder project and I was like, you know what, people didn't think I was ready for the job. Then I'm going to try something harder. Um, and we'll see if it, we'll see if it works out. And, um, second time around, I, I applied, um, which took some coaching for me to do. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not going to apply again. Why am I going to apply again? They didn't want me the first time. Um, but you know what? Apply again, try again. Um, and I ended up getting the job the second time, but really it's, it's, I think it's a lot of, you know, mindset, right? Like I have really had to get in the right mental space to, you know, go through that journey and make sure that, you know, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> it's not and looking back now, you know what? I'm better for it. Um, as a, as a, you know, government employee. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I can, who, how many times? So, <laughs> so I think the biggest thing I've done when I failed is had an honest conversation with myself. I think sometimes we lie to ourselves. We think that we are ready for the position but we really never did a gap analysis. We never really said, here's my skills. Here's the skills that the job needs. Yep. Maybe you're not ready. It is possible that you are just not ready. And there's been millions of people who have probably been telling you, you need to work on your attitude or you need to work on this, or you need to work on how you communicate. But because we have this internal narrative that everybody else is lying and I'm the only one telling the truth, (laughs) we tend to have this whole thing. And then when we don't get the job or we fail at the project, we want to blame all of the external instead of, everybody should have been looking at themselves because if everybody in the room says you got a problem and you the only one who's saying you don't have a problem, maybe you are the problem. (laughs) So I would submit to you that, um, every time I've, I've failed, I had to do that self analysis to see if I had had first, but then if I find out that that was not the case, then it's just like she said, you put your head down, you continue to work, to thine own self be true. And then you try again. Um, because you know, um, as women, can I say this? We carry emotions a lot and we will let that thing play in our head before (laughs) so many times defeating ourselves instead of releasing those emotions and doing like, I can't say that. So I was going to say, because there's a whole rule of men sitting right here. I can't say So, but what you have to do sometimes is just be like the guys for real and let it go and get back in there and play again. (laughs) Um, I want to just sort of emphasize something that I heard from both of you, which is seeking out feedback, feedback from others. Right. And, and really evaluating the feedback. So when something doesn't go well, whether you call it a failure or a misstep or, you know, a misdirection is, is seeking honest feedback from people you trust. And I will say this too on feedback. Um, 
you don't have to believe every bit of the feedback. Take what's useful, right? But it, but to the point, if you hear it more than once, <laughs> there might be a grain of truth in there that needs exploration. You might want to pull that thread. And so so that would be my advice on on when things don't go well or when you when you've tripped is uh, is ask around because the the thing that we all need to remember is people want us to be successful. There's a you have a whole community out there rooting for you to be successful, even if you don't know it. They're there. Um, and so so reach out and ask the questions and ask for feedback. Um, we, have, we have five minutes. Hi. Um, uh, first, I'd like to say thank you guys so much. This has been an awesome panel. And um, my question is kind of, was kind of a little bit touched in the last answer, but I feel like working in Homeland Security and Defense and a lot of the times women get posed as emotional or when you're passionate about something <laughs> or you're stern or aggressive, you're deemed as emotional. And I personally have been told that. Um, and something that I wanted to ask is kind of like a and or how have you all dealt with, you know, being told that or you know, if there are women under like that support you that have, you know, possibly been told that, how do you create that environment where it's kind of how, um, Beth, you, you talked about like being aggressive versus being assertive, like how, what are good coping mechanisms for you to be a person in a woman in the workforce without being deemed emotional? I know that was a loaded question. I'm so boy, sorry. Oh boy. Um, so, so I want to take an informal poll uh, of all the women in the room. How many of you have ever been emotional at work? I feel oh, like I'm emotional on this panel right now. <laughs> so, so I guess I'm going to flip the script on that one. So what if you're emotional? Boy, you're human. That's awesome. You look, we all have good days and bad days. Um, I think emotional maturity, right. Is knowing, um, how to express those emotions. And that's the important part in my mind. It's, it's gosh, I hope you're feeling, I, I hope you're having emotion. And if you're working in Homeland security and these mission sets, you can guarantee we feel something about what we're doing and why we're here. It's why we're passionate about what we do. And sometimes that passion bleeds over into irritability or impatience or, um, other emotions, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that bringing, bringing your whole, what is this? What is the new, your whole authentic self Absolutely. to work? <laughs> well, my whole authentic self's got a whole lot of passion and emotion about the work that I'm serving. I also recommend a heavy bag. <laughs> <laughs> think you just dropped the mic there. <laughs> no, I think, you know, like the diversity of perspective, right? Um, you know, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to bring that diversity of thought, diversity of perspective to the table. And we should want that. Everybody should want that. Um, yes. and kind of the teams that they're building and, and the, you know, the projects that we're running. So Pamela, um, I'm one of the, I know I seem like I'm timid. <laughs> but I am that aggressive person at work. Um, I'm passionate about what I do. I want my voice to be heard. And everybody knows that. Um, but I have a lot of things to back that up. You know, this, you know, I'm coming to the table with something in hand. And I want you guys to hear me. Um, yes, sometimes you do have to take a step back because sometimes it's too much. But um, it's needed. 
at the table sometimes. So, Monrovia, you're going to close us out with a song? Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Y'all told, didn't know she I sings in front I... of like 12,000 people. Right. <laughs> so I wasn't planning on that. Okay. Um, uh, but I would say is so she brings a major point in that you got to you got to know yourself. When I talk to my mentees, this is going to sound crude for a second. I let the I say, hey, if this is a day where your hormones are higher, y'all know what those days are. Right. (laughs) Then you need to manage yourself. You have to learn how to manage you, though. So you got to know when you showed up and it was a little extra. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you do need to recognize that. And so, you know, um, you have to have that confidant. Um, One of my confidants is sitting in the room today where you can go and have that tear moment Mm -hmm. because it's going to happen. So you I, I do think that your village helps you navigate through those days because they do come or when you feel like if someone feels emasculated and they come at you and say, you came at me wrong. You have to know that you have to sometimes say, I'm sorry. That was not my intention. Right. So you have to be, you have to still honor yourself, but you need to honor others too. So there's a balance in this whole emotional intelligence conversation. There's books about it. Right. (laughs) And so, um, so we, we, we have to learn as women how to balance it because we are sitting at tables, but here's the bigger thing. There are people who are looking behind us to see how we handled it. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that they know how to handle it when they get to sit at the table. So I would say, make sure you make sure you have a balance. And the next time I'll come and sing for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. You can follow HSDF, the podcast on every major podcast platform. Visit HSDF.org to learn more about the Homeland Security and Defense Forum and HSDF, the podcast. HSDF, the podcast.